everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Wagner Show, powered by SonicWeb Studios and brought to you by official sponsor of the Mike Wagner Show, international warring author Mia Molson's The Missing, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. We're here with two terrific gentlemen who teamed up to um, to score some big, um, you know, some uh, good good sized hits. One's hitting a top 10, one's getting a top 40 and uh, quite a number of airplay. And uh, we also have uh, a gentleman who's been on a couple of times with um Mick Peeney and uh, quite a few others as well. He's a host of Get Ready to Rock. Now he's also writing a book. He uh, let out that secret. We'll uh, talk more about that. We're also with a gentleman who is a multi-talented indie artist and multi-instrumentalist and a former Wilco Johnson champion feel-good main band. So that's a mouthful to talk about. Uh, he's been <laughs> featured on Top 40's uh, National Heritage chart. And of course, he's an indie-generated um, uh, worldwide airplay without a record deal or management. So um, how do these two do did it we'll find more about that and of course he's got a big song uh i don't get it 1975 and made some noise with your eyes give you away and haunted man we'll play uh you know a couple of songs at the end of the audio interview live ladies and gentlemen plus studios and somewhere in england and somewhere in france so we're on the other side of the pond today we got the uh, multi-talented duo of pete feenstra and john simpson guys good morning good afternoon good evening thanks for joining us pete it's always great to have you on again Great to be here, and good evening, my end. <laughs> All right, and great to have you on, John. Hello, Mike. Great, okay. All right, so, uh, of course, um, we'll talk about John here first. Uh, you're a multi-talented indie artist, multi-instrumentalist, and former Wilco Johnson champion feel-good band main man, and uh, your song's been featured on Top 40's uh, National Heritage chart, and also... Um, you guys are an indie team, uh, generated worldwide airplay without record deal or management. And Pete, uh, we've had on a few times, you're a host of Get Ready to Rock. And now you let the cat out of the bag on our last interview, writing a book. So we'll talk more about that. And um, John will be talking about your, uh, your your big song, I Don't Get It, along with 1975, your previous release, Your Eyes Give You Away, Haunted Man, the story behind the songs and more. And before getting to all that, guys, um, Pete, just give us an update to uh, what's happening with your book and what's... Um, happening with their show what's coming up well you know it's a terrible thing to say but this book has been going on for five years i wrote three books and i took a year off because it nearly killed me and mm -hmm. now, now i got because you do all the research which takes about six months and you do all the interviews and then you have to get all the chronology right and then it goes to the legal team to make sure you're not going to get sued and all this sort of stuff and then uh, it's not that funny but but in the last year alone about seven people who are, are in this book have died, unfortunately, mm -hmm. you know, from natural causes, you know, just uh, <laughs> old age or rock and roll or whatever. But, uh, I mean, actually, the legend will get bigger now. Maybe it will sell the book more in, in a weird sort of way. But uh, there's some some great people. More, most recently, Tony McPhee from The Groundhogs died, who was a very, very influential guitar player. And uh, Otis Grand, who was a monster, big, big, you know, a guy on the blue scene, European blue scene as well as British. But he, he actually was from uh, the west coast of America originally and then came to Paris and then ended up in London. And I had another meeting with him about this book schedule for when I get back to London in September, but obviously it will never happen now, sadly. But I've done about three chapters and uh, I, I'm I'm going to, whether it kills me or not, I'm going to, um, July onwards, I'm going to spend three months just really... Try and finish it if I can, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's yeah. ongoing. It's an ongoing thing, and and also it's always it's always ongoing because you still go to gigs and you still meet people and uh, and people still phone you, you know, middle of nowhere and say to you, "Oh, Pete, you know, what do you remember this? Do you remember that?" And then of course, 
it sets off a whole new trend of thought that you'd forgotten about almost and people you'd almost forgotten about. So it's you've got to be very disciplined in this and structure is everything. You know. mm -hmm. and, and we're looking forward to the book as well, too. We're being very patient about it. And uh, we got um, on with us as well, too, a multi-talented indie artist, uh, multi-instrumentalist, and former Wilco Johnson champion, feel-good band, main man, also been featured on Top 40's National Heritage Chart, and um, got, got one of the big songs, I Don't Get It Alone, in 1975, Broke on the Scene with Your Eyes Give You Way, Haunted Man. And, um, and, and John, before getting all that, uh, John, tell us how you first got started. How I first... Got started, yes. Got started. Oh, Go way back oh, into the TARDIS. Way back in the TARDIS. <laughs> Come on, doctor. <laughs> Go back to a good TARDIS. Pete, I'm sure you stand at. Help him get in the TARDIS, yeah. good doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Wow, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I got started when I first picked a guitar up, um, which was about 50-odd years ago. Um, George Harrison was number one with My Sweet Lord. Wow. And uh, they were the first two chords. I, you know the intro to My Sweet Lord? They're fairly yeah. simple. Yeah. I never learned the rest of it, but just that intro bit um, uh, was was what got me started. It, it was it was the Beatles really that got me started, and then they went and let me down by uh, breaking up. I was only about um, twelve or thirteen when they broke up, but then I, you know, little did I know that just around the corner, David Bowie was waiting to happen. Mm. Uh, so then I, you know, got the Ziggy Stardust album and learned the songs on that album. And, you know, I've just followed, probably like everyone else, I, I've just followed lots of people. When the punk thing happened in this country, I really thought the Sex Pistols were great. But I didn't stick with them. Um, well, they didn't release many albums, did they? But I kind of moved on then to Elvis Costello, Squeeze, XTC. Oh, yeah, Elvis Costello, still one of my favourites. Yeah, yeah, me too. And XTC are just, I think, phenomenal. But, I, but they don't get the sort of... I don't know how big they are in America, but they, they don't, you know, they, they're very overlooked, I think. But um, so I've always been uh, sort of pop rock somewhere in, in there. I did buy one Dr. Feelgood album, which was the Stupidity Live LP that came out, I think, in 75 or 76. But for me, that was just a one record. Um, I, I didn't buy all their other albums. It's only in more recent years that I started to listen to their other stuff because I needed to put a show together. So mm -hmm. um, that's when I started to listen to their other stuff. Hmm. And, and to be honest, my musical taste has pretty much stopped there. And, you know, over the years, I've I've sort of flirted with other things. But uh, if I put something on now, it's likely to be uh, perhaps Crowded House or Delamitri. I don't know if they're, you know, known in, in America, but um, Delamitri, a big Scottish band. Hmm. Uh, but we, right, we, good pop. We, we've pop had that. We had a good uh, following, um, you know, in the States as well, too. Delamitri's got some... Um, real good tunes in the states so it's kind of like, you yeah. know, a crossover where it's like it's penetrated some but still got really good presence or so they're dilemetry yeah yeah so i just uh, oh and i suppose when i so i picked up the guitar at about 13 as i said um learned from a book that a chap in this country was very famous in the 50s called bert whedon it was called play in a day and everybody learned from play in a day because there was no youtube and no internet mm -hmm. um it turned out i had a reasonable ear so i was able to learn quite quickly um uh, but i was never particularly confident about 18 so I, I switched to bass because it was easier so for a long time i was a bass player um and only really in the last 15 years have i been in live bands playing the guitar and the feel good band was the first band i've ever been in where there was only one guitar and i was playing the lead parts but it, it, it went okay we did all right 
Mm, it, it certainly did. And uh, what was that one precise moment that simply influenced you into what you're doing for the rest of your career? The one precise moment that simply said, that's what I'm going to do. Um, what, for, for the feel for the feel good stuff? It can, it can be anything. The, oh, I don't, it, it's hard to say one precise moment, to be honest. It's, uh, <laughs> I've just always loved music. My, my, my dad played the piano before me. He, he didn't ever have a music lesson in his life. And I've never had a music lesson. You know, I can just about if I hear a tune, I'm, it's quite a it's quite a, a fortunate thing to have. If I hear a tune, I can probably tell you without even a guitar in my hand what chords the people are playing. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I hear it, OK, well, that's if it's in a certain if I can know what key it's in, I'll tell you what most of the chords are, um, which is a blessing. But it's also sometimes um, uh, a bit of a curse because I, I'll listen to a new song and with my wife say and I, she'll say, I really like that. And I'll say. Well, you know what? That's exactly the same as something else. And then she'll say, well, why, did you t- why did you tell me that? You've ruined that. Yeah. You know? But um, that's, you know, a blessing and a curse. But I I don't know what I would have done, actually, all my life without music. I don't know what people that don't do music fill their time with, because it's it's all in uh, all encompassing for me. It's all I do, really. You know? mm. Other than have a nice life with my family and my wife. But I'm oh, retired yeah. from my main job these days. So, I, you know, music is all I... Uh, I do. It's harder to do at the moment because it's so warm here, and I, if you can tell or not, I'm in the in, in the roof, and it gets very warm in the roof. So, uh, winters. I'm more productive in the winter, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's perfectly understandable. I mean, people work in better conditions, work this, work that, and and everything else. You do what you can, of course. Besides, uh, you know, Beatles, David Bowie, XTC, Delamitri, and all the uh, artists you've rattled off. Uh, who are some of your other favorite artists uh, growing up, along with some musicians and uh, guitarists? Um, Jeff Beck, obviously, guitar, just untouchable. I, I used to watch Jeff Beck. I, I didn't ever see him live, but I'd watch any videos of him and, and wonder and almost think, well, I'll give up because, you know, I just don't know how he does that. And he's such a brilliant player. Um, uh, bass players, uh, Paul McCartney was always obviously a big influence because of my Beatles liking. Um, I went, um, another big favourite of mine is a chap who I've been lucky enough to meet in the last few years, Norman Watroy, who was part of Ian Jury and the Blockheads, um, who, again, I'm not sure how big they are in the States, but they were big over here. And, Sex, and drugs, Watt- and rock and roll. That was uh, well played. Yeah, that was well one, remembered. <laughs> and the, the one with the best bass line ever recorded uh, hit me with your rhythm stick, which is just, uh, I don't know if it was a hit in the US, but it was a fa- absolutely mind-blowing. As a bass player, it was one of those moments where I thought, oh, why has he done that? You know, because... If we cover that, I've got to learn how to play that now, you know, which uh, was tricky, but I managed it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all the all the other stuff, you know, Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, they all sort of are, they're all around. Uh, Crowded House. I liked Oasis and Blur, you know, later on. Oh, in fact, I'm, going yes. see, I'm going to see Blur at Wembley with my daughter in next month, I think. So, oh, wow. You know, there's life in the old groover yet. Mm -hmm. and and that sounds interesting as well too we'll talk about your uh, latest release i don't get it along with um 1975 your first big hit your eyes give you away haunted man and uh, working with p finstra where with john simpson we'll talk about that in just one minute but first listen to the mike widener show at the mike widener show.com powered by sonic web studios visit online at sonicwebstudios.com for all you need look at a professional website without breaking your budget sonic web studios is the answer sonic web studios offers fast affordable custom web designs that blow the competition web Call today, 1-800-303-3960. 
It's 1-800-303-3960 or email to support at sonicwebstudios.com. Mention the Mike Whitener Show. Get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give an official shout-out to our official sponsor of the Mike Whitener Show, International Warring Author, Mia Mosenzia. If you love fast-paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Mosenzia, available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. Missing is fast-paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. Takes place in four countries, two strangers, and one target, where truth is illusion and those who love be the first go missing. It's available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Mosenzia has got great reviews. And Evil Eleven endorsed by Howard celebrities, including Joanna Cassie, Forge Riley, and many others. So grab your copy today for Girls Missing by Mia Mosenzia, available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com or 40 podcast platforms. Heard in 100 countries, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Also, Anchor FM, Google Play, along with um, Pandora, Buzzsprout, Odyssey. And also, subscribe to the Mike Widener Show on YouTube, BitChute, and Rumble. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, and Twitter. Make sure you take us with you on any mobile device. And for great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Widener Show podcast. T-shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, hoodies. Makes great gifts 24-7. Go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Widener Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas like books, including Missing, Once and Wrinkles, and cool gifts like T-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, phone cases, and more, Amazon.com slash Mia Molson Dia. Check it out today. And support the Mike Widener Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, and the themikewidenershow.com. We're here with the multi-talented indie artist and multi-instrumentalist uh, John Simpson, along with um, Get Ready to Rock's Pete's Fiends right here on the Mike Widener Show. Before we talk about your latest, um, I don't get it. Um, how'd you guys uh, first uh, get started on your collaborations? Tell us how you first got started. Shall I do it, Pete? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I play. I was. I knew. I first met Pete uh, when I was playing in the Feel Good Band, which we was reasonably successful rhythm and blues tribute to the original lineup of Doctor Feel Good. Pete helped us with a few gigs and put on one of our best ever shows, actually, at Hammersmith when we got the original members along for a, a Q and A and a few other people. But after about ten years, I, I. It was 10 years, in fact, I'd had enough of trying to take the band as far as I could. Um, and when you're playing that early Dr. Feelgood material, it's a bit of a limited repertoire as well. So there's only about 40 odd songs. They play them very fast. So you could actually play all 40 in a two hour set. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was it was great fun. I loved every moment of it. And, um, you know, I got to meet Wilco Johnson and Sparko and Figure, the original, all the original members, along with the lots of the other people from the original Canvey Island days. Um, and, and most of them have become friends, which is which is lovely. However, I decided I'd had enough of it during the year last year. So I, um, I let the band know I would be leaving and, you know, they would do whatever they were going to do. And I, out of courtesy, really, just started to phone all the promoters I'd ever worked with, all the venues I'd ever worked with, and just to let them know that I wouldn't be in touch anymore. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something else. I didn't know what it was going to be. One of the calls I made was to Pete. Pete asked me what I was going to be doing, and I said, well, I've got a little home studio. I love recording. I'll spend some time in there until I decide what to do next. I said, my only problem is I sit in there for hours and can never come up with any lyrics. Mm -hmm. and, Ke and Pete said... Well, I write lots of lyrics. Um, <laughs> shall I send you some? So I said, by all means. I said, I can't promise anything will come of it, but let, yeah, please do. And uh, and that's that's how it started. Pete sent me a couple of lyrics, and it's very interesting for me because I've never I've never worked in this way before. Um, and what I, Pete tends to have a, a basic rhythm pattern going. Perhaps sometimes it might even be drumming on the table. 
and he'll <laughs> sing an outline of the tune and give me all the lyrics. And then he sends it to me and leaves it in my capable, capable hands, hands, I guess you call it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Peter probably playing on, on, your, on your little drums like this right now as we're speaking. Yeah, exactly, you know, yeah. It's perfectly okay. I mean, I mean, cats walk in, people <laughs> drum, whatever it is, you know, or like say, you know, you know lights but go you off. But you know, the interesting thing about this is, though, uh, you know, going back to what John was saying earlier on and his influences, and when, when we started this, I mean, I had it in my mind that it was going to be what John's, famous for really doing all this feel good stuff which weirdly enough is what we ended up doing but before that we we, ended, we we somehow gravitated towards this kind of pop pop roots rock kind of thing which when i think about it is all about the beatles mm-hmm. or offshoots of the beatles you know yeah. you squeeze and you mentioned xtc and, and i'm just trying to see who else you mentioned there people Elvis, like that elvis costello Oh yeah, which is more of a twist of a lyric, but but all the harmonies and the U's and the R's and the, and the choruses and everything else, and of course the Beatles was my. I mean, I, I've been through so many musical fads and fashions and this. Uh, I mean, I love blues. I love the West Coast of America. All kinds of prog rock. Uh, never liked punk to be honest, but all, all, all different things. But then after punk, yeah, Elvis Costello and people like mm. Nick Lowe, obviously all the, all these mm. sort of people. Uh, Ducks Deluxe, a band you've probably never heard of in America, but great three-minute rock and roll songs or R&B into rock and roll. And we ended up doing, well, John ended up coming out with all this wonderful harmony stuff, pop rock stuff. And when I think about it, yeah, it, it all goes back to the Beatles, really, as a source. Yeah. Subconsciously, perhaps, <laughs> you know. But uh, but the, the most amazing thing for me was, yeah, I would be doing exactly what you said, tap, 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 or I'd have a me- melody and a thought... And I sent it to John, and he just he just transformed. I mean, when I work with other people like this, I've been through the same process. It's like baking a cake. You know, you put all the ingredients in, and you hope it will come out. But I never thought about it, you know, pop rock, actually. And then later on, John turned to me and said, well, I'd really like to play my guitar and do a bit of Wilco now, because John will tell you about the Wilco guitar he's got in a moment, I'm sure. And then I thought, blimey, we've got to write a song now in about two minutes, 40 seconds. Long. <laughs> That's a whole new discipline entirely, you know, completely different. You've got to think about getting the hook in early, you know, and you've got to, it's got to be dynamic and there's got to be enough room for John's guitar, you know, a little bit, uh, almost Chuck Berry, really, you know, yeah. all this. Yeah. But Johnny should tell uh, Mike about, yeah, the, the story about the guitar. That's how, what inspired the later stuff we did, the Wilco stuff. Yeah. Well, I suppose um, Wilco died in end of November, I think, last year. And I'd already announced that I was leaving the Feel Good Band, but I hadn't decided what I was going to do. Um, as, as Pete just said, we recorded a couple of songs and, and we put them out. And, they, you know, to some success. In fact, they're still getting played now, in, particularly in America, yeah. which, which is lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, I just got this urge to have, and I don't know if we'll do any more, but we knocked out these couple of songs um, in Wilco Johnson's style, because I knew there was an audience for it. And I, and I didn't do that from any commercial gain, because there is no commercial gain from any of this. Uh, I just did it because I thought there's people that are going to be missing Wilco. I, you know, I was lucky enough to know him personally, and I know a lot of his friends. I, I, I was invited to his funeral. And I know a lot of people miss him. And I had a call actually last week from one of his close friends who who told me he was he was voting for us in the heritage chart oh and, nice. you know we got to keep the flag flying which was lovely you know it was a, it was yeah. an hour and a half conversation with i won't name who it was but it was 
it was it was a lovely thing. So it, it turned out, it feels like it was the right thing to do. The two Wilco songs, as I call them, 1975 and I Don't Get It, were probably the quickest recordings I've ever done because there's uh, me on bass guitar, me on one guitar, and two voices, me singing the two voices. And, and obviously I programmed the drums as well. Um, but uh, the other stuff, like Your Eyes Gave You Away and uh, Haunted Man, got loads of, you know, instruments and vocals and harmonies and oohs and ahs, and they take a long time. Those two are, are, came together fairly quickly. But one thing I, f I felt with them once they were finished, and I sent them to Pete, and I couldn't wait to get them out, really, because my feet couldn't stop tapping. You know, it was... Uh, yeah. I thought, well, yeah. this is this is, this is this is all right, you know. I mean, um, I don't get it. It's actually a very basic rock and roll song. Um, but it does... You know, this, I've had some lovely comments, lovely feedback on Facebook and other places from people saying it sounds just like... The guitar sounds just like him, and, you know, I can't ask for more than that. I mean, it's what people used to say when I played in my old band as well, but it's, <laughs> it's, it feels as if it's got even more exposure doing doing it like this. Mm -hmm. so, but, you, but, you know, the other interesting thing is, going back to, uh, like, Haunted Man, for example, when I originally wrote that, I, I had a story in mind. I mean, that's the story about Haunted... It's a kind of a Hitchcock thing, which I transposed to a cotton field in France. <laughs> yeah. And and this stuff all grows around you ever so quickly. And you could be standing there and suddenly you're surrounded and all this. And I always had this this story in mind and I, I never really could place it musically, you know, and I gave it to John. And as he said, he did it really, really quickly. And suddenly he's come out with all this wonderful, all these textures, you know, that, that kind of uh, illustrate the music. Uh, sorry, illustrate the, the lyrics, you know, brilliantly. And uh, yeah, and a lot of people seem to like it. And you know, it's yeah. it's been it's been uh, compared to bits of the Eagles. I mean, I I, I don't mind that. You know, no. <laughs> He's not my favourite band, but you know, for the right reasons. You know, and uh, yeah, and your eyes, your eyes gave yeah, travelling always bit, but your eyes gave you away. Is even more closer to the Eagles, I suppose, with all that oohs and ahs and and that's the only song I've ever written actually where I did. Think about there should be oohs and ahs in this. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. fabric of the song, you know, and uh, so you know, it's all where your musical imagination takes you. But what you need is is a filter, and you know, and John's much more than a filter. He does all the clever bits. He does all the music. You know? <laughs> but you do need, but you do need that coming together of different ideas and the spark. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, some people are just genius like McCartney can do it all himself, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. In, in my case, Pete, uh, we've not had this discussion, but if it wasn't for you and your your outline and your lyrics, these songs wouldn't exist. So although I play it all, yeah. it's a definite um, collaboration because it, you know, I'd just be sat here thinking, drumming, drumming my fingers, thinking, <laughs> yeah. or yeah. Yeah. That is. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, yeah. Uh, but now, of course, you've got to, we've got to think about what to do next, you know, and which oh, direction no, yeah. to take, because everybody's, we're in this very, really happy position of having put four songs out there and, and different people have all liked them. I don't think we've had a negative comment so far, so no. mm -hmm. not might continue. You know? I, I haven't seen negative comments whatsoever, and in fact, I, I love that music. Your eyes give you away, it just blew me away. I don't get it as well, too, and, um, you, know, you know, of course, you know, besides the four songs, you talked about, um, you know, how it all came together and everything else, and, um, you know, what, what does it mainly base your lyrics on? You know, like, you know, if you're a crank out some other music, like, you know, what else base your lyrics on? If you write music, it's like, you know, from your perspectives, what, what would you base the lyrics on? 
Well, you know, Haunted Man was an actual story, which doesn't doesn't very often happen, actually. I mean, I usually get a phrase or I, I get a melody or I get a hook line in my head or I get a bit of dialogue sometimes or I get a theme in my head. And I think, well, maybe I could write about that. You know, you like you could write a reflective song about time, for example, whatever. And then if you say to yourself, right, I'm going to write a reflective song about time, then you've got to colour in the sketchbook and think about different ways of talking about time, whether it's time in a a love relationship, whether it's time in terms of the passing of time, whether it's time and things change, different perspectives and all this. But that Haunted Man was was what was, you know, whereas um, Your Eyes Don't Get It was was a love song, really, you know, which is which is what most people write about. But yeah, yeah. and then and then moving on to the Wilco thing, I thought, yeah, something really buff, 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 you know, and 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 this that was kind of about disillusionment, really. I, I don't get it. I mean, like you're working hard, you, you do your nine to five. There's people walking away with the cake and you're still on the dole. I mean, obviously not. Oh, it's yeah. It, it's like they get the glory, um, you get the crumbs and everything else. I know yeah. how that goes. And 1975 <laughs> was more about a musician looking back to how the world had changed from when his hopes and aspirations in, in the mid-70s matched his style of play. And he's still out there banging out really fantastic music, but the, the world has moved on. You know, that's mm. what that is, really. And and well, again, again, I had a... That little idea in my head, and then when the lyrics reveal themselves, you know the story starts to delineate, you know, and then you follow it, and the, and then and then John puts his thing in, and it all comes together, you know. Mm. And, and it's it's funny, actually, actually, Mike, if you listen to uh, "Your Eyes Gave You Away" or "Haunted Man," you know Pete talked about the Beatles, in particular "Haunted Man." There's some oohs and ahs on there. I thought I was the Beatles on Abbey Road. Yeah. Yeah. But no one else has said that. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, well, you know, that's the beautiful thing. You see, you can you you can actually be inspired. Oh yeah, by different elements of a song and different albums. And of course, you know, the the world is an imperfect place. Not everybody can remember those parts of Abbey no, Road. No. Thank goodness. <laughs> well, it's not the it's not the same. It's just I thought no, no. what I need is those banked harmonies. You know, which um, yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And, and certainly it does. And then, John, assuming you were to uh, write a song or try, try to come up some lyrics, what would you base your lyrics on? Uh, my lyrics, I've always struggled with lyrics. Um, I, in fact, I've written at least three songs about how it is difficult to write songs. Um, <laughs> yeah, I forget. That's what... my plan on that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to desperately trying to think what one of them's called, but um, I can't think what they're called. But um, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't, put them out you know i'm not confident enough in them um because i squirm when i listen to the lyrics and i'm not i'm not washing my hands of the lyrical well i am because pete does it so i i, I find it oh, much easier. Much. yeah no i don't mean i would i, no, I know I, I just mean what i mean is yeah that lyric's good that's fine you know you're a proven you've done it you know and and the lyric's going to be good so i don't need to worry about it so i don't um Mm -hmm. I think I think the first one I played to you, Pete, was one that's on my YouTube channel called Change, which is which is yeah. a piece of gobbledygook about uh, you know change, try and change your life for the better. But I, yeah, <laughs> it's got um, it's it's a basis of a song, John. You know, it's, at least you've got a theme and you've got an idea and you can see the progression. Yeah, you know? yeah. and yeah. you know, over the years, 
I've written songs. Uh, I wrote a song called Lovely Linda, which Paul McCartney wrote one called that too. But my wife happens to be Linda, so I wrote one called Lovely Linda. How do you but, like that? I mean, there's a similarity right there. I would have done the same thing too, except my wife is Serena. I don't, I don't know if uh, Linda would go with it, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, where I sit now, it's quite interesting. Again, I haven't even mentioned this to Pete, but since we've been doing what we've been doing, a couple of other, and particularly since the Rhythm and Blues Wilco type things, I've had a couple of other people get in touch with me saying, oh, I can write some lyrics to some rhythm and blues. You know, do you fancy putting some music to it? Uh, and I've got to be honest, I said to them both, well, I haven't really got time at the moment because Pete keeps bombarding me with all these new song ideas and it seems to work. So I don't want to disrupt that, you know, so. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, cer and certainly it does make perfect sense. And uh, what's coming up for uh, Pete Beanster and John Simpson, the dynamic duo? Um, we'll find out just one minute. Listen to the Mike Wagner Show at themikewagnershow.com, powered by Sonic Web Studios, and brought to you by official sponsor of the Mike Wagner Show, international warring author, Me and Muscles and Missing. We'll be back with Pete Beanster and John Simpson of I Don't Get It after this time. We're back with the... Uh, the multi-talent duo Pete Finster and John Simpson with their latest I Don't Get It on the Mike Wagner Show. And um, just a couple more things. We'd love to have you back, especially more material. Um, what else can we expect from you guys in 2023 and beyond? Well, well this is this is a big bit. question at the moment. Yeah, because, we're, <laughs> because stylistically we're at a crossroads. I mean, for all the right reasons, thank goodness. But uh, we, we've got to make a decision. Well, we never really thought about what it, when we first started working together. I think I'm right in saying we didn't actually discuss about what musical direction was going to be. Uh, and I think just one thing bounced off the other, and 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 John's creativity took it down the road. You know, so uh, where I mean, are we going? I mean, I, I'm repeating myself, but Haunted Man—that's the first time. I ever had it in my head, the whole story from beginning to end, and I thought, all I really need with this is, is a musical context, you know. And, and and John came up with it, because I tried it before, tried it before a number of times, as you do with songs, you know, you, you, you throw them at the wall and see if they stick and all the rest of it. But, um, but you know, the, the thing is, we're now... Mm -hmm. And this is uh, in the National Heritage Chart, which, by the way, Mike, is voted for in 192 countries around the world, including China. Nice. And uh, yeah, but it's but you see now they might be expecting us to do something similar. So whether we now release 1975 to, to all the other people who haven't heard that yet, I, I don't know. Or do we go back to what we originally did and still do, which is um, which people have called pop rock, really? You mm -hmm. know, I, I don't. It's a it's a it's a stranger. But we're not chasing commercial chart placings i mean this is a joy that it's happening but it wasn't yeah. <laughs> intended yeah, i mean it came completely out of the blue you know mm -hmm. but then, but then you realize because you know then it's thrown open to public vote and you, and you say to people oh do you fancy vote for this and say oh we've already voted for it and i thought wow mm. so they are listening to it you yeah. know that's the great thing about it and the other great thing that happened mike was we were originally went in at number 40 in the top 40 and because you're in the top four, you then go on the TV show uh, part of, uh, uh, version of it. And because it's the TV show, the top 40, they go from number 40 up to number one, and it, which in effect means they play your song first immediately mm. after the... Right. Or, or it's just like, show. okay, here, here's my number 40. That, that's it. Party's over unless you want to stay and have a few yeah. more. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> 
well, it did help, you know, because when people click on the show, they think, oh, I've got to sit all the way through this show. And you're first on. So it was, you know, the stars aligned, you know. I, th- I, th- I think, yeah, and if you if you get, ever get a chance to look at it, Mike, it's an interesting one because the other people in the chart tends to be mostly, it seems to me anyway, 80s and 90s UK-based uh, performers. But we're up against people like the Pet Shop Boys, Paul Young, uh, the fella yeah. out of Go West, um, sweet, sweet, uh, uh, a yeah. couple of ex-Slade members. Um, I was looking just the other day. Uh, the way we've been generating votes, as Pete said, is would you mind voting for us to everyone we can think of? Mm-hmm. If you like but, the song, if, yeah, you, if like you like the song. song. I mean, we um, have got some integrity. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I happened to come across Paul Young uh, Facebook page the other day. And he's got three hundred eighty-four thousand followers, and Whoa, he's doing exactly the same thing. What was it? Ninety-four thousand? Oh my! Three hundred and eighty-four thousand. Oh, eighty-four. Well, cool, okay, big... but still, I mean, that's amazing. What? What was? What was his last hit? Was it back in what? Oh God! What was the last? Well, his big, his big 90, one was "Wherever Lay My Hat Is My Home," which is a Marvin yeah. Gaye song. But oh, uh, and of course, every time you go away. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a great singer. He's a great, oh, yeah. great soul singer, but you know, mm-hmm. yeah. But John's right, and and you know when you realise what you're up against, and this is why, uh, when I put out the press release, you know we are an independent, we are independent music being marketed independently. We don't have a corporation behind us, and we don't have a record company, no. you know. Uh, and here we are, at number thirty-five on the National Heritage chart. Fantastic, you know. Absolutely. And of course, great opportunity. I was just going to say, "Old Girl" was another one too that Paul Young did, and that those are the two yeah. um, Paul Young hits. Those are both covers that made in the U.S., but still having a heck of an impact. I mean, well, he's number one now with with a Ryan Adams song. So, nice, okay. Yeah, you know, so he's he's a big songwriter, which came out in two thousand and one, and Paul Young just re-recorded it. And Nick Kershaw, he's in there. He was number two last week. I mean, all yeah. you know, the, yeah. Okay. So, uh, welcome to it's- the club. It's a, mir- it's a miracle, really. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the National Heritage Chart and TV. So, and it's 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 put together by Mike Reed, who's a very famous DJ in in Great Britain. He used to be on Radio One. He was on Radio Luxembourg, and he's had his own renaissance now. You know, he he used to do the national uh, chart, UK charts for many many years, and he's replicating mm-hmm. it now. Because, but I think he's realised that we all have that the only people listening to pop music and rock and roll and everything are people our age you know mm-hmm. that, uh, and people who still buy stuff you mm-hmm. know physical products or downloads whichever it happens to be so and, and, and of course people can people can still buy in vinyl again that's the good part so no, that's a that's a big thing let me tell you uh something i may have mentioned on the show before but uh another project I was working on Black Pearl were offered some dates in 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 uh Germany and hopefully they're gonna go there anyway but it's very difficult, or not difficult, but if you go to Germany now without having your uh, music on vinyl, you you know, they're not that into That's what they want over there. Really? They want or vinyl CD. instead of a download? Oh, yeah. CD and all that? They and, want they pay, and they pay 25 euros for it, you know, wow. one vinyl. Yeah, or more. Boy, I, I think I think I was in a couple of places. You got your Targets, you got your Walmarts, and um, you know I don't know if any especially record stores you look online. It's like you know they're around that price. I mean, long time ago, of course, we used to buy albums like a got five, ten, fifteen, twenty bucks was top. Now it's just like twenty is more like the standard. Some go up to like forty. I'm like, 
Yikes. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. getting, yeah. And, and, what's, and what's also happening now is, of course, they're, they're reissuing what they call classic rock albums like L.A. Woman by the Doors or it's some Jimi Hendrix stuff. And, and, and they put it on vinyl and they charge, as you say, Mike, ridiculous money. And I'm going, well, you know, I'll stick with my original copy. Thanks. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Or go to like, you know, uh, a secondhand, a rummage, rummage sale or go to like, you know, some uh, uh, Salvation Army or whatever it is, and um, my my daughter's get me back into the uh, vinyl thing uh, for my birthday. She got me Queen um a night the opera, and I think wow. it had um I can't remember well, what it was, but I, it was just like you know you got me back into playing albums. Thank you, but you can't have my Peter Gabriel's melting face. That's off limits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's amazing. I mean, I do that in France. They're really into vinyl here too, and I mean, I got I got a Billy Cobham album the other day, Larry Cole, all jazz fusion stuff, but. Yeah, that would cost you a lot of money in the shops. Oh, but gosh. They, have, they have what they call V Greniers around here, which is like car boot sales, and, and people rack up these things. It's great, you know. I don't even have a I don't even have a stylus and a, and a, and a record player in London, but I do here. You know, mm -hmm. it's, I do too. Yeah. You know, it's you know, mm -hmm. it's horses for courses. You know, exactly. Well, there's, yeah. you know, there's there's something about. I was only saying this to a friend of mine the other day. I pulled out and played my Ziggy Stardust album. And there's something about the fact that that's the Ziggy Stardust, the actual copy that my parents bought me for Christmas in 1972. Oh, yes, yes. And, I remember my folks buying me albums. I was like the biggest joy yeah. instead, of a, instead of a toy, a bike, or like a little handheld or new clothes, whatever. It's like we look forward to having like albums or vinyl. That's like that brought the biggest joy, especially. I mean, it's yeah. like I want a vinyl record, I don't want a toy, I don't want anything new, shiny or anything like that. It's like that's right, albums. <laughs> and you, and if you're lucky enough, as I am, I've kept them over the years. So I look at it and think, well, this is the actual thing, you know, um, and, and it still plays and sounds great. Whereas, mm. you know, if I did in the last 10 years, if I'd have downloaded anything. Mm -hmm. Half the time, you can't remember what you have and you haven't downloaded. You know, that's the thing. That's a very important thing you said there. And and me, uh, you know, I'm on the radio and all this. And yes, when I'm when I'm doing my radio show, I'll hold my hand up as a lot of DJs should, and say, when you're working, when you albums are coming in, albums are going out, you're doing your playlist, whatever it is. Yes, you use MP3s, WAVs, whatever it happens to be, for convenience sake, right? Mm. What John said is a very interesting point. I mean, I, I once, uh, it doesn't matter who, but I, I bought a download to help somebody, you know, just because I like the music and, you know, let's, and of course, along with all my other downloads, unless you're rigorously disciplined, you know, it goes off into the ether and you almost mm. forget you've got it and you can't find it and this, that, and the other. Whereas if you've got, a, let's be honest, if you've got an album, let alone a vinyl, there it is, you know, mm. and yep. physically you can like look up and go like this here, like you do it's, at a record shop. Yeah, but it's a bit like, yeah, and it's a bit like having books on your shelf. Of course, you don't read these books week in, week out, but, you know, you, you turn around and go, well, there's Shakespeare, I'm, I'm joking now, but there's Shakespeare, for example, and you go, yeah, well, I know about him. <laughs> and he puts something in your mind, and you might pick it off the shelf now and again, and you go, oh, that's a great book, and then you put it back. <laughs> but it doesn't matter, it's, it's there, it's tactile, and you make that connection. That's you don't right. do that with downloads. I'm sorry. No, yeah, don't. And in fact, I just about lost half my downloads. And of course, you know, let's not make sure you lose your music, uh, Pete and John. And speaking of that, um, where can we find all your music at? Um, well, you can, music yeah, is, well, 
Go on. I was going to say that there's, there are videos of the four tracks that have been released so far yeah. on YouTube, um, which is on my, my YouTube channel called John Simpson Music, I think it is. Might just be called John Simpson. Um, but we've also got it on all the all the um, all the platforms. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go on. You know what they are. Um, app, uh, we're D on DJ, app, uh, disc, uh, what's it called? Disc Kid. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> Distro Kid. Distro Kid. kid. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Distro Kid. That's the name. And I yeah, think it's it also um, what was it Pandora, Spotify, and of course yeah, you know. You know yeah, and by the way, if you if you're watching this podcast, yeah, yeah, give us give us a spin on Spotify because apparently this is the way you get it up the up the charts and for people to hear it, more people. Different people have different Spotify lists and then they swap Spotify lists. It's like swapping the old tapes years ago, really. It's the oh, same right. thing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, yeah, more people get to hear it. It's an exponential thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyway. And certainly does as well, too. And just a couple more things, and especially with you, John, who do you consider biggest influence in your career? Ever? Sorry, I missed it. Biggest yeah. influence? Oh, okay. Who do you consider biggest influence in your career? In my career? John Lennon. My dad. My dad. <laughs> John Lennon. I, I was thinking when you were talking earlier about, you know, all the different styles of music. Uh, perhaps you should ask all your guests this if you if you like the Beatles and you can only take one record with you to the desert island which track would you take and I, I'll give you my answer but I'll give you a minute or two to think about it both of you this one like tomorrow never knows really yeah she mm. loves you lift up your mind relax oh. and float downstream oh. that'll be it yeah. oh. oh you know what I, I'm glad you brought that up. You're the first person to actually challenge me on that one to ask a different question. I had someone like flip the script on me when it comes to who do you like the Beatles <laughs> or the Stones, that. and you know they flipped it at me, and I gave my answer. And of course, it, and of course, if I can cheat on this one, what two tracks I would take? What one track I would take to an island? I'm gonna go with both. It's like you know they sold as a single back in the day, and of course I'm sure they'll sell as like a single cassette. I it would be Paperback Writer and Rain. Paperback Road was the A side, oh, yeah, yeah. Rain was yeah. the B side. And I think it yeah. was, uh, oh, God. Just like, just like Fiendsman and Simpson, we got a double A side. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yes, that's right. And, and, I don't get and, and, and I was playing the heck out of it. It was um, it, it was like, you know, Abbey Road got the four Beatles walking on Abbey Road and everybody's copying it. Of course, he had Can't Buy Me Love. And um, and I think there was, uh, was it, was it uh, Love Me Too, Paperback Writer, Rain, Lady Madonna. Revolution and flip it over. Hey Jude, old brown shoe, don't let me down. And Battle of Yoko Ono. Uh, you know that's one I remember. I've been playing well remembered, I've like crazy. Yeah. Yes, what's that? That's well remembered. <laughs> that's because yeah. my that's because my youngest kept reminding me. I was like, I want you to play the Beatles. I'm like, okay. And then there was also um Day, Day Tripper, and there was also um you know Baby Drive. We can work car. it out. Yes, that's right. That's the other one. And okay. um and and I think it would be just uh, simply um. Paperback writer and rain, which are probably like the two songs I've taken my island. Yes, and I'm and I'm okay. glad you brought that up. I'll start challenging people on next time. So yeah, start doing that. Yeah, and I'll have any money you earn out of asking those questions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sounds great. Send to my PayPal. In the meantime, it's a secret. <laughs> hey, what's your song, John? She loves you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the. You know, it's just uh, when people say to me, yeah. "Describe the Beatles." It's everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a great rock pop record it's great yeah. harmonies it's two minutes in and out yeah mm -hmm. yeah and it's, yeah 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 
It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless you listen to, um, hey, Judy is saying, nah, nah, nah. Like, you know, what was it like, um, what was it 14 times with 14 nahs? And then you start counting them after a while. I'm like, oh my God. It's like, I'm going to need a calculator after that one. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, when, whenever I'm doing a recording, I keep one eye on the, uh, on the time counter, uh, you know, and I, and I, in fact, one of the songs I sent to Pete first, I said to him, I think it was about four and a half minutes. I said, I think it's too long. It wasn't yeah, either of right. the two uh, rhythm and blues ones. And mm -hmm. Pete said, well, just lose that guitar solo at the end and fade it out. And I think it came in just under four minutes and I was happy with that. And, and to be honest, I'm not bothered about whether or not there's a guitar solo in it. It's just what no, but I like I like your guitar. I, I like I really like your guitar, but on that particular song, whatever it was, yeah. It, it it you know it didn't make any difference to the song whereas no it didn't no 1975 no. that little guitar burst in the middle is everything you know yeah yeah it's, mm -hmm. it's Chuck Berry you know Mike we didn't quite finish talking about Pete said about the guitar I don't know if you've got time for this or not but um ten years ago when I decided to start the Feel Good Band a, a number of coincidences happened Wilco Johnson had a book out and um. He did a book signing in a, in a town uh, 10 miles away from here. I went along, met him for the very first time, bought his book, got him to sign it. He showed, he showed some brief demos of how to play to the audience at the book club. Um, and I went home that night saying to my wife, you know, I'd love to hear a band playing music like that, but I couldn't find one. So I started one myself. So in my mind, I was looking for musicians who wanted to play that sort of music. About six months later, Fender uh, issue uh, what they called the the Wilco Johnson tribute I want to call it I don't think it was quite that signature Wilco Johnson signature yeah. Telecaster and I bought that that was the, and he in this country that he's he's the only person I know that ever played that guitar black Telecaster with a red pick guard and it it was it, you only got to see that and anyone of a certain age would think that's a Wilco. Um, so everything seemed to align, you know, and that's that's and and the guitar's now ten years old. I did about two hundred and fifty gigs with it wow. over the years, um, you know, COVID allowing. So we had a year and a half off or whatever it was, but we've mm -hmm. all forgotten about that, fortunately. Um, and and now and that's why when Pete said, you know, do you play it? I said, well, actually, the only this is my music room. Behind me are my weapons of choice, and actually, the Wilco Telecaster is downstairs hanging on the wall. Um, because I don't use it very much because it's not as versatile as some of the other guitars, but it's 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 got a great story. It's signed by Wilco and by Sparko as well. So anyway, right. whether that's of any interest to anybody, I don't know. Very nice. That's yeah. very nice. And what's the best advice you can you can give to anybody at this point, John? Um, do it for love. You know, don't. Um, it's always been difficult. I, I mean, I can I can remember. In the in the late seventies, I was with a local band around here. We were we were supposedly very good. We were being compared with at the time who the, our contemporaries were people like Elvis Costello, The Police, um, uh, Squeeze. Uh, we recorded a load of demos, and of course, we were young. We were in our twenties, and we were kind of wow, this is great because we can <laughs> take these to the record company, and we did take them to the record company, and all they said to us at that time was, well, we don't want guitar bands um, because soft in this country, Soft Cell released Tainted Love, uh, which is, you know, I, I don't know if it's a hit there, but here it's a massive synthesizer. Oh, 
that that was oh. a monster hit by us too. So I think that was, was it? top ten. Yeah, that, that, that was massive. Yeah, yeah. I hated that song because it killed what I was trying to do. You know, all the record companies wanted it then was well, New you know, wave. can you do uh, Human League? Can't you make it sound like the Human League or yeah, Soft yeah, Cell? Yeah. And well, no. So to be honest, we gave uh, my uh, partner at the time, musical partner at the time, we looked at each other and said, well, let's just play covers because we're never going to compete with that. So we gave up on the dream of writing our own songs and I've not done it since. So here we are uh, 40 years later and I'm doing my own songs, but with no expectations at all. Talking to you as a bonus, as Pete says, being in the heritage chart is just off the scale. Mm -hmm. um, and if even if we don't do it again, you know, it's been great. <laughs> and we've got those television yeah. clips and uh, um, but yeah. hopefully, you know, with people like yourself giving us exposure, who knows? Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. my advice to anyone starting out is keep going, but but don't don't expect to earn any money out of it in this day and age. And that's very true as well, too. And of course, once again, with uh, Pete Feenster and John Simpson of I Don't Get It in 1975 here on the Mike Wainer Show. Guys, a very big thank you for time. Pete, it's great to have you on again. Looking forward to having both of you on again soon. And um, once again, what's your website, John? How do people contact you? Where can people purchase and check out your works? And Pete, where can we check out uh, your show, Get Ready to Rock? Get ready, to rock radio.com is the website. And my website is Pete Feenster. Uh, music.com and, and uh, all over Facebook and Twitter is Feenster Blues. Uh, it's Pete Feenster on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn is Pete Feenster. That's about it. Yeah, okay. And, and John, how can people Instagram, you? Instagram as well? Yeah, another one that's right. I see you all the time. And um, John, what's your website and how do people contact you? I, and well, I don't currently have a website, but um, yeah, like Pete said, I'm all over Facebook, John Simpson Music. Uh, people can also contact me through the Feel Good Band, which was my old band. That that Facebook page is now just a history of of that band. As it's not active, but I I'm still behind it. Mm -hmm. uh, and Twitter, John Simpson Music. Um, and there is actually a Feenster and Simpson Facebook page as well, which you just. Oh, there is. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and of course, keep keep the tags going, guys. I love doing that. I love when you tag me, Pete, especially too. And if you are, okay, you know, tag me, John. I mean, they'd be great too, and uh, everything like okay, that. Yeah. So. Great. Okay. So, That's guys, a very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely fantastic. Looking forward to having you again soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Love having back. Wish y'all best. And guys, Pete, John, definitely have a great future. Have you, especially you, John. And Pete, it's good to talk thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Brilliant. Really?